Everything in our culture says we can do it by ourselves. But what if we choose to let our performances die, our dreams die, expand our comfort zones and venture into the depths of the unknown? True peace and freedom comes when we die to self and let Christ live in us. In this series, we'll discover that at the end of me is where real life begins. So prepare your heart for a word from God about what happens when we come to the end of me. Got a little tangled over here. It's all good. Everybody having a good morning? Oh, yeah. Yes, Derek, I'm having an awesome morning. All right. Um, first, if you, if you don't know who I am, I'm Derek McCarter. I'm the church plant intern here at City Lights Church, which basically just means that I'm hoping to do this one day, start a new church one day. And so on behalf of me and my wife, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the support that you've shown us. Thank you for being a shoulder to the vent on, be a shoulder to, to just to learn how to do what we're doing. And so just thank you for that. And we, we have a great pastor here, Pastor Peyton. He does a wonderful job, a great mentor. And so thank him for that. Okay. But as I got to, as I got to thinking about the message this morning and what I wanted, wanted to talk about, um, I, it kind of, a memory came across my mind of when me and my beautiful wife, Brittany, um, first started dating, all right? She did this weird thing where she didn't like people to stare at her, okay? I mean, we were both good-looking people. I mean, 135-pound 135, 135 man right here. Now it's about 230, huh? And I mean, she was a babe, and she still is. She's hot, huh? Um, we'd pull up to a red light, and she would, and she would look over, and this, some people, somebody would just be staring, right? And she would say, take a picture. It lasts longer, scared me because what, what if they actually took a picture and here I am in the background not looking as hot as she is you know and I'm with you know some weird face you know but I got to thinking about snapshots in our life right snapshots don't tell a full story does it that, like let me just say this I don't do this because I'm a fat boy right? but say you went to, on a hike up Mount Lacan right you took a picture of a sunset right like I said, this fat boy ain't doing that, so good luck to you. Uh, that picture wouldn't encompass the whole, whole experience, would it? it wouldn't, you wouldn't get the experience of the, of the hike up to the, up to the top. You wouldn't really get the feeling that you feel when you saw it with your own eyes. And so all of us know that it would be ridiculous for me to bring a picture up here and say, hey, this, this is what you can experience on the top of Mount Lacan. This, this is all you need to know right here. It'd be a lie. But why do we do that in our own lives? Why do we look at the snapshots in our life and, 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 and allow those things to obsess our, obsess our lives? Why do we allow the enemy to bring up things in our past, little small snapshots of the things that we've done wrong and allow it to ruin our day? Why do we let those things bind us when we're not free? Maybe it's your first marriage that he keeps bringing up to you and how you should have done better. Like if your church knew what you did or maybe it's that dating relationship you're in or, may, or well, maybe it's a season in your life that he keeps bringing up and, go, and he's going, see, you're not really who you say you are. Maybe even this morning on your way here, you were having those conversations with the enemy. And all I want to tell you this morning is yeah, those snapshots are things that you have done those snapshots are things that you have done, but that's not who you are in Christ. It's not who you are in Christ. 
It is what you did, but it is not who you are. And there's a story in the Bible, like I wouldn't get a story anywhere else, you know, but there is a story in the Bible of, in John 11, where if you've been around church long enough, you've heard it, but Lazarus, Jesus' friend, is really sick. And he get, Jesus gets word of, hey, your boy's sick, he's about to die. Guess what Jesus does? Nothing. Great friend, right? <laughs> but he does make this comment of, this sickness will not end in death. And that was great until Lazarus died. Like, what? Right? Even Jesus showed up four days later after he had already died, and he'd stinking up the tomb. And he, he argues, these people try to argue with him, saying, and he, he says, open the tomb. And he's like, no. They're like, no, no. He, do you imagine the smell? It'll knock you over. It'd be, it'd be worse than Brittany not taking a bath for a week. Okay? Open the tomb, he said. And this is where we pick up the story. And I, I love this story. When he has said this, these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Because if, if he didn't say Lazarus and he just said come out, you'd have... Walking Dead going on, okay? Because everybody come up. That's how powerful God is. All right? Lazarus, come out. And here's what stood out to me. The man who had died came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen stripes. And strips. And his face ripped with, wrapped with, with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Some translations say, take off the grave clothes. And here's what, here's what I want you to understand before, before we go any farther. Not only does Jesus want to save you from hell, which is, that is good in and of itself to be saved from hell. Amen? Huh? That's good in and of itself. But he wants you like Lazarus to take off your grave clothes. To take off everything that identifies you with your past that he paid for. He wants you to step into new life. Freedom that, he, that is found in him. He said, Lazarus, I do not want you identifying with the grave. I don't want you identifying with the past because I have called you out of the tomb. I've called you out of death. I have called you into freedom. I want you, I want you living the life I have called you to, Lazarus. And the same thing that he's called, called Lazarus to 2,000 years ago, he's called to us today. And that is to let go of those things that bind us together. We're not bound by those things. If we're in Christ, we're not bound by those things anymore. But see, here's the deal. So we can rejoice in that, right? And we're not bound by that, but it's still hard because every day we struggle letting go of the things that bind us together. Because those things are real. Those things in our past, they haunt us. But here's why we can't let these things go. It's because we're listening to the wrong voice. We're allowing the voice of the enemy to give us identity. Instead of the God who says, you are free. You are free from this. We're listening to the wrong voice. And I'm convinced not that we have, we have people here this morning that you, that you obsess with that voice, with the voice of them. You're, you're so obsessed with that, with that voice that you'll, you allow it, to, allow it to ruin your life, allow it to run your life. And he's sitting here going, man, if your husband knew what you did, if your wife knew what you did, man, if your kids knew what you did, your reputation is ruined. Like if Zane Lyric ever found out half the crap I did, I'm screwed. Okay? But we have got to stay, stop paying, we have to stop paying attention to the voice of the enemy and pay attention to the cross. 
It's the cross of Christ that defines us. Yes, we have these snapshots in our life that bind us, but we're not held by that anymore. And to get to the end of me, for you to get to the end of you, we have to make war with our past. We have to make war with the voice of the enemy. And I believe we do that in three ways. Three ways to make war with the enemy. It's three things that we have to remind ourselves daily. It's, I have to remind myself of these things daily. Okay? It's Jesus calling. It's all right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm always paranoid that mine's going to go off up here. You know? like It's all good. There's three things that we have to, have to remember. Three bullets that you can put in your gun when we start hearing the voice of the enemy. Number one is this. The number one thing we need to remember to make war with the enemy is that in Christ, I am completely forgiven. In Christ, I am completely forgiven. If you're taking notes, write that down and circle the word completely because we are completely forgiven. We can say that we can look back at our past and we can say that that snapshot is not going to define us anymore. But see, we struggle because every time we look back and see that snapshot, every time the enemy brings that up to us, we think that God sees that too, right? Like if we can see that, surely God can see it. But here's some good news, and I didn't give him this verse, and I'm just going to kind of quote it, but in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Christ has made us, if you're in Christ, this is only if you're in Christ, he has made us brand new. He didn't take you to the body shop and scuff out some dents. He gave, he made you brand new new and so as we as we go on further this i want to read this verse this, this couple verses to you because you have to understand god paid our debt in full it's completely paid for which means we are completely forgiven don't you love paying off credit cards sorry if i'm spitting on now just notice a big thing that's big come out don't you, don't you love paying, like our debt is paid for our sin debt is paid for see ephesians chapter one verse verse seven in him we have redemption, which means we are redeemed. He redeemed us. Through what? We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses. And all trespasses are our sins. Anything that goes against the way God designed things to work that we're doing. In other words, forget, and what, this, what this means. Forgiveness is not achieved. It's not anything we can do in and of ourselves. It's something that is received. Grace is unmerited favor, which means he said... He knew how messed up you were going to be. He knew how screwed up you were going to be. And he still made a way. And a lot of people are like, why do you get excited about that? It's because my debt is paid. The reason I can, I can get a little bit loud sometimes, which I'm not, I'm not a loud person, but the reason I get excited and I get, like you, we tear up, and it's because our debt has been paid and for we are completely forgiven. Hey, listen, at the end of the day, I still have this right here in my life. It's still lingering over here behind me going, hey, he's calling out to you. He's calling out to me. I still have that in my life. But I am completely, totally, sin, past, present, and future, it was paid for on the cross of Christ through the blood of Jesus. That's good news this morning. Compared to everything, compared to everything else, this is the best news the world could ever hear is the message of forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. 
And we receive that through the cross. Now, some days I don't feel quite forgiven. Do you? You wake up in the morning and you just, you don't, you don't feel forgiven. Or, <coughs> or maybe you're, you're listening to something and it takes you back to a memory, right? Now, before I tell you this story, I am going to ask that you pray for Brittany hard. Okay, because listen, she has some satellite radio and she listens to all sorts of wrong. All right? She leads me into temptation, listen, making me listen to that devil music. All right? Just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> Riding down the road, and a certain song comes on. All right? Ariel caught my dance moves earlier. He was doing this white boy moves, you know? Here we go. We start dancing in the car to boots with the fur the whole club was looking at her she hit the floor next thing you know shorty got low 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 right so here we are dancing in the car you know but all of a sudden the enemy reminded me gave me a snapshot put this back around my wrists of an ex relationship with an ex-girlfriend and in that moment i didn't feel forgiven doing things I shouldn't be doing, here I go getting bound up again until I remembered Ephesians 1-7. Can you bring, bring it back up there? In him I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. You know what I did? As he was pointing his finger at me and said, what if city lights knew what you did that day? I looked up and I punched him right in the throat. Because I have redemption in Jesus. I am completely, completely forgiven. So I have to constantly remind myself. And I'm going to suggest you do it too. Is Go back and tell yourself every day, I have been set free. I'm completely forgiven. Get behind me, Satan. I have redemption through the blood of Jesus, Satan. Get, you get behind me. Walking around my house, get behind me, Satan. No, baby, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the devil. Because she would hit me if I was dead to her. You have redemption through the blood of Jesus. Derek, you have screwed up in your life. But I have redemption in the blood of Jesus. That's good news. Forgiveness is the message we should be preaching to the world. It's what the world needs. City Lights was started really for one reason. I'm starting a, a church in South Knoxville for one reason, and that's because there's 30,000 people in the South Knoxville area alone that needs to hear the message of forgiveness. It's not, the greatest need is not, in the world is not health care. It's not to have a better president or to fix the hole in the ozone later. It's not, and it's not the freaking trees, okay? The message of the gospel is forgiveness, and that's what this world needs. And for people to be reconciled back to God through the cross of Christ alone. That's what we should be preaching. That's what we should be about. Because we were completely forgiven. And the second thing we need to remember is this. To make war with our past, to make war with our enemy, is that in Christ, I am chosen and valuable. Does anybody ever wake up and just feel worthless? I do that every day. I'm just kidding. We place value on things, right? 
I mean, how many of y'all love your cell phones? And if you lost it, you'd lose your flipping mind. Huh? I would. I mean, somebody asked me the other day what my wife's name was, and I had to pull it out and look, scroll up and look for it. Because it has all of our information in it, right? It has, it has everything we need. If we lost that thing, I mean, our whole world would come crashing down, right? Or, or how about this? Does anybody know specifically the last year of Peyton, season of Peyton Manning's career, how much Denver Broncos paid him? Anybody know? $96 million. Who would say that the Denver Broncos put some value on Peyton Manning? Right? The Denver Broncos place some value. We place some value on things in our lives. We place some huge values on things. We fight for things that we think are valuable. We fight for those things. How much do you think Christ has fought for you? I mean, he gave his flipping life for us. If you're in Christ, you are so valuable to him. But Derek, what about the snapshot? Like if he's seen that, he, I, the number would probably go down a little bit. He wouldn't pay as much for me. No, you are so valuable. And the verses that I'm about to read have been, have been debated for centuries, y'all. Okay? They've been debated for centuries. And I'm not going to sit up here and do some big theological debate on them. If you want to come go talk to Peyton about them later, you can go do that, okay? I, I'm not going to, we're not, I'm, this, but I want you to hear what these verses say because it says something so unique that I, I think we can celebrate. It's Ephesians 1, chapter, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be to God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That just means you've been blessed beyond you, any measure that you can even imagine. But verse 4 says this, even as he chose us. Listen, if you are in Christ, you are chosen. He chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for the adoptions as son through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. We're going to skip to verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been chosen according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. If you are in Christ, you are valuable because he chose you. He drew you to himself. John, it says that greater love has no man than this, that he gave, he chooses to give his life for his friend. And I don't know what else holds it more value than to give your own life. That makes Peyton Manning's 96 million look like chump chains compared to what Christ gave for us. But you're like, Derek, you ain't doing that for me. He ain't drawing me to him. Well, I'm just going to sit here and say, well, you're here this morning, ain't you? You mean those conversations you've been having lately with people? Those don't just happen. You're not here this morning just because you happen to drive here. He's drawing you. That's what I believe. He's drawing you to himself because he has chosen to save you. We have value. I mean, Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. You are chosen and you are valuable. We have value because even in, the, even in the mess, he has found us and seen that there's some sort of diamond in the rough. Coal's nasty, right? I mean, have you ever touched coal? It's dirty, but some of the most beautiful gems come out of that. See, when I look at my spiritual journey, I can see where, where he chose to draw me to himself. Through conversations, situations, 
that don't just happen. But, and we have, we have value because he chose even in our mess to draw us out of that. He saw a diamond in the rough. Even in the mess, he gave his life for you. If giving up your life for the sake of others, if giving up our lives for the sake of others don't show us our value, I don't know what else can. I said this a couple, I said this a couple months ago when I spoke that how many of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross? We can answer it. Because all of them, all of your sins were future sins when, when Christ went to the cross, which means he knew how screwed up you would be. He knew how screwed up Derek would be. Because listen, I've messed up. I, I shouldn't be standing here today. And he still made a way for us, for me, as I fall over the chain. Would y'all laugh at me? The third and final thing that I, that I think we should remember To make war against the enemy is this. That in Christ, I am unconditionally loved. We are unconditionally loved. You know, I was thinking the other day about how much I love my little girl. Love her. But man, has she tore me up sometimes. I mean, she's pooped on me, peed on me, threw up in my mouth, and in turn, I threw back up on her. (laughs) She has done more damage to me in six years. Some people know what I'm talking about. Listen, one time I went to go change her, I went to wipe her butt, and she peed all the way to the ceiling. All right. She's, she does this thing like, my, my little girl loves to act. She loves to act. She loves acting like a teacher. And if she's there for a teacher, she's going to be one mean teacher. All the kids are going to hate her. Trust me. No, you sit down. You know. But she does this thing. I just, like Brittany gets on to me all the time about cleaning the house because I just don't really feel like cleaning sometimes. So, so when I do clean, when I do clean, like I'm, I'm proud of myself. Y'all with me? So the floor's all swept up, and she goes and covers the floor with paper. And I walk in there. I'll boat up. What are you doing? So here she is doing her teacher's like, I'm paying teacher. Go sit down. Like, no. And I tell her, I said, listen, you have got to pick up every single piece of paper in this floor before I beat you. <laughs> right? A little frustrated because I just swept in there and Brittany's going to be home in five minutes and she's going to yell at me because you did this. Mama's about to be here. We have to make it look like we didn't do anything today. Well, she gets super mad at me. Super mad at me. Because I wouldn't let her do what she wanted to do. And my little princess tore me up that day. Because she said, Daddy, I hate you. You talk about a fat boy crying right here. I could have done a couple things. I could have made her love me. I could have put her outside. Said, you go, you go fend for yourself, girl. 
I could have said, hey, do you realize who pays for this roof over your head? Do you realize who puts food on your table? Mama. No. No, she... I could have done. I could have got down her and yelled at her. So you don't say that to people. I could have done that. Next time I may, but, but I didn't. This is what I did. I got down. This is a couple weeks ago. I got down and I said, "Listen, Eric. Nothing you say, and nothing you do will ever stop me from loving you. I don't care what your future looks like. I don't care if you continue to poop and pee and yell at me." nothing you do will ever cause me to stop loving you and that's what God's saying to us this morning that no matter what we throw at him no matter how many times we poop pee and throw our hate at him he says nothing you do will ever stop me from loving you you know, if you, if you watch any football games, basketball games, or anything, this verse will be familiar to you. Somebody will be holding it up on a sign, waving it at a football game. It's John 3, 16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life now we read that and we don't think much about it because we hear it and see it all the time right because we, you miss something in there you know what you miss it's a little two, two letter word so for God so loved the world so love the world. That means there's this, there's this value to it. Like there's this la- lavishing of it. That it's more than we can handle. Like he so loved the world that he gave his son. That whoever believes, not parents. See, sometimes I think we don't understand what love is because we love tacos and we love chihuahuas. We forget what, we don't know what love is. I like tacos, okay? We don't understand that love is something more deeper than just a feeling. Love is an action. Love is, hey, as I throw a knife past your head, I'm sticking here with you kind of love. That's the kind of love that Jesus has for us. He so loved us that even in our mess, mess, even when he knew that we that we would hate, we would hate him, in the midst of us trying to trying to do things opposite to what he has called us to, he's sitting here going, I so love you. I so love you that I gave my son. I love doing this sometimes. There's something, like you have to be careful doing this because you can get out of context and all this other stuff, but there's some verses like this that you, you can substitute your name in. I so love Tammy. This is God talking. I so where we are 
right in the middle of our junk, right in the middle of our poop, pee, and hate, sends Christ to be righteousness that we, that we need. He so loved the world that He gave His Son in our mess, in our snapshots of our past. We make war because God so loved us. Now, I know what's going to happen when we leave here. Like in this moment, you're going, you're right, there. I'm going to make war. I'm going to punch Satan right in his nose. As he points his finger at me, I'm going to reach him and break it. But we're going to walk out of here. And we're going to start doing this. Aren't we? Isn't it weird how sometimes when we try to walk in victory, how this happens? As we try to walk in victory, we forget these three simple truths that we are completely forgiven we are valuable and we are unconditionally loved see I believe if we walk out of here today believing that the snapshots of our past will not bind us anymore if we had those as constant reminders in our, in our life this will never happen now you're going to wake up some days it's gonna right like the words up. But we know this that in the end, let me just say this in the end, we win. Because we are completely given. We are valuable. And we are unconditionally loved. Y'all with me? If you're with me, say I am. So as I pray, as as we sing, just know this. God is on your side. He has made a way for you to let go of this thing. Go with me. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to be here. Thank Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your story. Because it's really your story. And God, I pray that as we walk out of here, that we will always remember that to make war, to get to the end of me, we need to, we, we need to constantly remember that I, we are completely forgiven, we are, we, we are valuable, and we are unconditionally loved by a Father who gave His Son for us. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for choosing to connect with City Lights to our podcast. We are so encouraged by all that God is doing in this ministry. And if you have been blessed through our ministry, please send us your story to mystory at citylightsac.org to share it with us. Also, if you would like to financially partner with us, please visit us on the web at citylightsac.org and click the giving tab. Thanks again for choosing to connect with us.